Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Once again, we're so sorry that we couldn't record podcast for the past few days, but we're back with some brand new episodes of Nancy Drew Diaries. So let's begin. I feel like a giant grape, George complained, tugging at the hem of her plum colored wraparound dress. Well, technically speaking, it was Bess's dress. But George was wearing it and she wasn't happy about it. I can't believe you didn't pack a single dressy outfit, Bess retorted. Didn't you ever see a return of the love boat? Remember Titanic? People dress up on cruises. It's like a thing. Now, now, ladies, Alan put in soothingly, you look fabulous, all three of you. I forced a brief smile as Bess thanked him and George rolled her eyes. But I wasn't paying much attention to the conversation as we walked through the narrow halls leading from our suit to the dining room. I was so focused on that threatening note. Who could have left it in my suitcase and why? It doesn't make sense, I, I murmured. What was that, Nancy? Alan asked. Um, nothing, I said. I mean, I said, I hope the food's good and hungry. The others started chatting about the food and my mind drifted again. Why would someone leave me a note like that? Before today, I'd never met a soul on board this cruise ship other than Bess, George, Alan and Becca. Why would anyone have any reason to threaten me? As careful as I'd been, I supposed it was possible that someone had found out why I was really there. Maybe the, that blogger Wendy overheard George and me talking about the case. Becca's co-worker Tatjana could have lurked outside Becca's office long enough to eavesdrop. Someone could have hacked into Becca's email account and read her messages to me last week. Far-fetched, but you never know. I shivered. Had my cover been blown? Was it trapped on a ship with someone who was out to get me? Wow, George said, stopping short so that I almost crashed into her. This place is huge. I peered around her. We were in the entrance to the ship's main dining room, a cavernous space on one of the upper decks. It was plush and opulent with crystal chandeliers, glittering overhead and red and gold upholstery everywhere else. The smells of of food drifted toward us, along with the buzz of many conversations, the twinkle of glassware and an occasional burst of laughter. When we stopped inside, Alan craned his neck upward. Check it out, he said with a grin. Dinner beneath the stars, literally. Following his gaze, I saw that there were several skylights between the chandeliers. Through the closest one, we could see a large swath of the evening sky. Twilight blue washed with pink. Countless stars were just twinkling into sight, looking much closer than they did back home in River Heights. Gorgeous, I said. The view distracting me from my worries, at least for a moment. A smiling hostess hurried toward us. You're at table 17, she said after checking our ship IDs. Follow me, please. Table 17 turned out to be a large round table set for nine located near the center of the room. When we arrived, three women in their 60s or 70s were already seated there. Welcome, one of them said when she saw us. She was petite and tan with short cropped salt and pepper hair 
and white space blue eyes. You young people must be some of our new dinner companions. Yes, we must, Alan said with a smile as he pulled out a chair for Bess. Aman, and these are my friends Bess, George, and Nancy. He pointed to each of us in turn. Lovely to meet you, the second woman spoke up. She was taller and a little older than the first, with a graying blonde bun and a bright smile. I'm Alice, and these are my friends Babs and Coral. You can call us the ABCs. Coral spoke up with a titter. She was pleasantly plump and grandmotherly, with wire-rimmed glasses perched on her nose. Get it? The ABCs. Alice, Babs, Coral. Nice to meet you, I said as I sat down between George and Babs. Yeah, George reached for her water glass. I didn't realize we'd be sitting with other people. Babs chuckled. This must be your first cruise then. Yes, it is, Bess said. And please don't be offended by what George said. She just meant it's all right, dear, Babs waved one wrinkled hand dismissively. If it's your first time, a lot of things must seem rather strange. Alice nodded. But don't worry, she said. The three of us are experienced cruisers. We'll show you the ropes. Really? Alan said. How many cruises have you been on? Oh dear, I'm not sure I can count that high anymore. Coral giggled. Let's say it's enough that we should be able to answer any questions you may have. Right, girls? Alice nodded, but Babs was looking across the dining room. I think our last two table mates have arrived, she said. I glanced over and saw the hostess approaching again. When I saw who was following her, I elbowed George. Hey, it's the honeymooners. Who? Bess and Alan asked. Um, just someone we sort of met earlier, George told them. By then, the newcomers were at the table. Wins and Lacey both appeared to be in a much better mood than they had been the last time we'd seen them. Lacey looked lovely in a soft blue gown, and Wins was handsomer than ever in his dinner jacket and tie. Soon more introduction had been traded. Honeymooners, huh? Coral said. Wrinkling at the rest of us. Don't worry, we won't mind if you need to guess between, of courses. Meanwhile, Babs was leaning forward, peering at Lacey. You look familiar, my dear, she said. Doesn't she, girls? Alice glanced over. Oh, yes, she exclaimed. You don't have a sister who works for Jillaby Cruise Lines, do you? Call Gaps, you're right. What if Lacey had dark hair and blue eyes? She'd be the spitting image of that pretty young singer on our Caribbean cruise last year. Lacey looked taken aback. Um, no, uh, you must be mistaken. I don't have a sister. Wins put a protective arm around her shoulders. It's okay, he told her. Then he smiled at the ABCs. She's a little shy, always gets tongue-tied when someone mentions how beautiful she is, even though it happens all the time. Well, of course, it must, Bess exclaimed while Coral dudded pleasantly. Lacey gave them a wan smile. I only wish I was Related to someone at Jollibee, she said softly. Maybe Dan would be on one of their cruises right now instead of taking a chance on this brand new, untested cruise line. She shivered. I haven't felt right since Vince and I spotted that body earlier. Body? Alice's eyes widened. What body? Didn't you hear what happened at the pool right before he set sail? Vince asked. Coral leaned forward. No, but do tell. I did a worried look with Bess and George as the honeymooners started describing what had happened. The cruise director might have smoothed things over earlier, but it seemed the gossip was still spreading. Just then, there was a clatter from the next table. I glanced over and saw that Tobias, the bratty kid from our hall, had just dropped an entire tray of rolls on the floor. His father was scolding him while his mother bent down. 
to try to salvage the rolls. Several waitresses were already making a beeline for the table. That kid causes a commotion everywhere he goes, doesn't he? George said. I nodded. I just noticed that Wendy, the traveler, travel blogger, was at the same table as Tobias. She traded in her casual granny dress for a pink teal vintage prom gown and a headband with a large plastic flower on it. Her laptop sat on the table beside her plate as she chattered non-stop on the maid sitting next to her. I wasn't sure she'd even notice the role, mishap. Wow! Alan exclaimed suddenly, staring off in a different direction. Do you see who I see? As I glanced that way, a flash of color caught my eye. It was Mr. Hawaiian Shirt. He was sitting at another table with half a dozen of other people. The others all appeared to be chatting and having a good time, but he was slumped in his chair, playing with his fork and looking fairly miserable. George saw him too. Hey, the mustache guy. We saw we met earlier, didn't bother even to change clothes, so why do I have to dress up? She complained. Huh? Alan glanced at the man. No look over there. It's Murk the Jerk. He's pointing toward a different table. Murk the Jerk, I echoed. He's a stand-up comedian, right? Yeah, George said. His real name's Leo Mark. He had, he had had a couple of TV specials and been in a few movies and some online stuff. I suppose he must be a part of the shipboard entertainment. Babs peered in that direction, she sighed. I'm just so disappointed that Brock Walker had to cancel. Just then, a pretty young waitress hurried toward us. Good evening, she said in a littering Jamaican accent. I'm Daisy, and I'll be your servant tonight. Daisy, George grinned. What are all the sh why are what are all the ship's employees name required to have flower names or something? Daisy looked confused, though she smiled politely. Can I start you off with some drinks? Iris, remember? George glanced around Alan Bess and me. That maid we saw earlier was named Iris. Remember, get it, flower names? Bess ignored her. I love an iced tea with lemon, she told Daisy. As the others gave their drink orders, I noticed several men with video cameras hosted on their shoulders entering the dining room. What's going on over there? I asked the waitress when she turned toward me. She glanced over. Let me get the maitre de so you can ask him. Daisy walked to the front of the dining room and moments later returned with the maitre de in tow. His name tag read Mr. Phillips. I repeated my question. The camera crew, he said. They're just the ad people. Ad people best echoed. Didn't you get the insert in your info, info packages? Mr. Phillips looked troubled. It should have been covered in there. When glanced at his wife, we got the insert. So did we, Coral put in as her friend nodded. That explains it, Alan said. See, we just won the screws last week in an online contest. We didn't have time to get any inform packages in the mailing or anything. Mr. Phillips nodded and explained. The company hired the crew to do some uh, candid filming during this inaugural cruise, just happy guests enjoying themselves, things like that. The footage will be used for future web ads and much. We could be in ads, George shouted interest, sounded interested. Cool. I do hope you won't mind being filmed, he continued. But of course, anyone who doesn't wish to take part should inform a member of the crew staff as soon as possible. Mr. Phillips excused himself and returned to his post. As Daisy finished taking our order and hurried off, I glanced again at the camera crew. When had they started filming? Could they have captured any footage earlier in the day that might help with the case? 
I made a mental note to track to try to track them down later. That was delicious. Best pushed her chair back from the table about half an hour later. If you'll ex all excuse me, I need to go powder my nose. Yeah, but actually says things like that without irony even. What can I say? It works for our. I'll come with you. I said quickly, dropping my cloth napkin beside my plate. Uh, for the nose powdering, that is. Me too. George got up and followed us. Soon we were in the ladies' lounge. It was just as opulent as the dining room. Plush carpeting, chandeliers, a wall of mirrors with delicate upholstered stools in front of them. The works. But I barely spared a glance for any of it. Is anyone else in here? I asked, peeking under the stall doors. Doesn't look like it. I sat down at the mirrors and pulled a compact out of her purse. Why, do you have the, any new theories? Not really. I quickly told her and George my idea about taking talking to the camera crew. You never know, I said. Maybe they caught someone carrying that mannequin around or something. Anything's possible. George sounded dubious. She was sprawling back and forth across the launch area tugging at her dress as if it was choking her. I guess this means you have decided that there really is a mystery, huh? I'm sure looking that way. I glanced around again, making doubly sure we were alone. And that's not all. I think someone's on to us. I stopped applying powder to her already flawless skin and glanced at me in the mirror. On to us? What do you mean? Something happened right before dinner. I began. I've been dying to tell you, but with Alan around, I went on to tell them about the note in my suit. By the time I finished, Mrs. Eyes were wide and worried. That really sounded like someone was threatening you. Don't sound so shocked, George told her. It's not like Nancy's never been threatened before. It kind of goes with the territory. Maybe, I agreed. But nobody's supposed to know why I'm really here, remember? So who could have done it? Before my friends could answer, the door swung open. Two giggling preteen girls rushed in with their middle-aged moms, Right behind them, Bess smiled politely, then stood up. We should get back to the table, she said, dropping her makeup back in her purse. We don't want Alan to worry. I was disappointed. My friends are always good at helping me figure things out. I really wanted to talk about the possible motives and suspects, but another woman was already coming in, and I realized our private moment was over. Let's go, I agreed with a sigh. The bathroom was located in a halfway between the dining room and the stairwell. As we headed toward the Toward the farmer, we passed a door marked employees only. It was standing slightly ajar, and I could hear angry voices coming from inside. I paused a little surprised. All the ship's employees seemed to make a point of staying polite and cheerful anywhere passengers might hear. But whatever was going on just inside the door sounded anything but polite or cheerful. Most of it was too muffled to make out, though it sounded like two men arguing. Then one of them raised his voice. Drop it, John, he said sharply, or I'll make sure you never make it to Aunt George. My eyes widened. That sounded pretty ominous. Hey, I called my friends who refused to head. Hang on, I want to... Ladies, a loud, jovial voice interrupted me. Turning, I saw Marcelo, Becca's boss, hurrying up behind me, a broad smile on his handsome face. I hope you're not lost. Can I have the honor of accompanying you back to the dining room? Sure, best said with a smile i glanced at the door but it was too late the voices had stopped so i had a little choice but to allow the cruise director to sweep us all back into the dining room